Welcome to the Riverside Church Podcast. We hope today's message encourages you and strengthens your walk with God. Enjoy the message. 2020 has been rough on everybody, folks. 2020 has been a challenge. It's been an education. Uh, we've learned a lot. We're learning a lot. We don't know all the questions. We don't have, you know, we don't have all the answers, but we're learning as we go. We're trying our very best to try to get through the season, and I want you to know that we are all in this together. We are experiencing life like never before, and we're dealing with things that we've never dealt with before, and, you, and I promise you, you will never forget 2020, right? It's a year to remember, that's for sure. Am I, am I, can I hear an amen? Or, and so, to kind of lighten the thought process here a moment let, let me let me try to help you smile a little bit and see if you can relate because when I try to think about 2020 I think about I think about the challenges I think about the disappointments I think about uh, the trouble and I think about the fear the anxiety and it's caused a lot of people to go into depression and so I would say that if 2020 was an avocado it looked like this That'd be a big disappointment, huh? If 2020 was a bag of chips, it would be this bag of chips right here. Huh? If 2020 was a person, it'd be this person right here. If 2020 was a family portrait, it would be this one right here. Maybe you've experienced that before. For all the Latinos, if 2020 was a piñata, it would be this one right here. For the younger generation, if 2020 was a wedding, it'd be this wedding right here. Some will get that, some won't. But if 2020 had a mascot, it'd be this guy right here. <laughs> you got to look at life sometimes and you have to laugh and you got to lighten the load and you have to realize we're going to get through this. You're not always going to be in this state. You're not always going to have to go through the protocols. You're not always going to have to be worried. You're not going to have to live in fear, but this is just a season and, and you're going to get through it. We're going to get through it together. Say it with me. We will. Say we will. Come on, say it. We will overcome. Yes, amen. We will overcome. We're all in the same boat, but sometimes you feel like you can be in the boat by yourself. Uh, sometimes you can say, uh, why isn't everything working out right? Um, why do I have to go through this? Or you can look at this and say, hey, this is temporary, and I'm going to steward this trial, and I'm going to make sure that I come out better, stronger than I did before, and recognize that I am not the only one that's going through this. Others are going through it with me, and they're overcoming, and they're becoming better, and they're bettering their lives, and God is doing something right now. And I really do believe that it causes us to pray and causes us to seek God, and it brings the best out of us. I think most of us pray more when we're in trouble. Or am I the only one? We pray more when we're in trouble. And I think I just heard the church mouse say amen. We pray more when we're in trouble. We, we 
focus on God more when we need Him and realize that He is our strength, He is our help, He is our dependence, and there's nothing like getting help from Jesus. You want to know why? Because Jesus understands our hurt. Jesus has been through some things himself. Jesus experienced life so he can give us life in this life and help us overcome. You see, Jesus in Mark chapter 1 shows us that he knew temptation. Jesus was in the wilderness in the desert for 40 days being tempted by the devil, according to Mark chapter 1 verse 13. Jesus knew poverty. Jesus said, foxes have holes, birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man have no place to lay his head. Have you ever been there before? Have you ever been there before? I think I heard the church mouse say, yeah, I have. Come on, somebody. We need to wake up this Sunday morning. Are you awake with me? Are you alive? Somebody say amen. amen. Jesus knew frustration. He scattered the coins of money changers and overturned the tables. He said, get these out of here. How dare you turn my father's house into a market? Recognize Jesus in his frustration. He didn't take it out on people. He took it out on things. He didn't touch people and flip them off. No pun intended. He flipped tables. He touched things. He changed things. You love people. You help people. You bless people, and you allow your frustration to be let out on the devil, okay? And so whenever you start to see the life of Jesus, you'll recognize that he was human, but yet he was God. You see, he was eternal, and then he was also mortal. And so he became weary. John chapter 4 says that he was weary, had to stop in his way going to town by Samaria, and he sat on the well, and he was hungry. Jesus knew disappointment. He looked over Jerusalem and he said, Oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, how often I would have longed to gather your children together as a hen gathers her chicks, but you were not willing in Luke chapter 13. Jesus knew rejection. From the time many of his disciples, it says in John chapter 6, they turned back and no one followed after Jesus. How many of you have ever experienced rejection? Rejection's tough, but sometimes, take a note, sometimes rejection can be protection. It's God's way of secluding you from some things sometimes to keep you separate unto himself. Jesus knew sorrow. He said, my soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death in Matthew 26. Jesus knew ridicule. He said again and again, they struck him. They mocked him. They spat on him. And he fell on his knees. They fell on their knees, mocking him, calling him the king in a mocking manner in Mark 15. But Jesus also knew loneliness. And loneliness is the product of depression. Loneliness Jesus felt on the cross when he cried out, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Don't ever feel like you're alone or you're the only one going through it because the scripture says that Jesus feels your pain. He feels what you go through. He feels everything. He's moved by the feelings of our infirmities. The scripture says that we don't have another high priest like him there's nobody like Jesus. He can fill you, but he doesn't just fill you. He wants to fill you with his joy and love and peace. He wants to help you. Jesus wants to help you. 
He is here for us. But the very first thing that he says in the scripture text is, come. All of you, everybody who's weary, who's struggling, who's carrying, who's carrying burdens, come to me. Point number one, and I want to give you this today with two points. Hopefully I can get to the second one because this one's laying heavy on my heart. Point number one is you and I have a personal invitation from Jesus. Many times self-pity and pride will keep you from asking God or anybody else for help. We don't want to ask for help. We're afraid to ask for help. We're too proud to ask for help. We don't like to show our weakness. We don't like to show our flaws. We don't like to show that we're human. But listen, Jesus himself needed help carrying his cross, so he knew that you and I would need help carrying ours. We bear a cross. We, we have obligations. We have responsibilities. We have pressure of this world that comes on us. But he said, if you get tired, if it's too heavy for you, let me help you carry the load. Let me help you. See, the yoke represented the responsibility and the calling of the kingdom. When you're in the will of God and you accept the call from God, you are partnering with Jesus. And he's stronger than you. He's wiser than you. He is, he is never going to be depressed. Have you ever thought about that? God is never depressed. God never wakes up or he, first of all, he doesn't sleep. But God never looks at the day and says, I just don't feel like answering prayers today. No, hombre, it's raining outside. I don't want to go. I'm going to call in sick. Can you imagine if God ever called in sick? Can you imagine if Jesus said to himself, you know what, this mocking, this cross is too heavy. I didn't do anything. I'm innocent. Why do I have to suffer and go through this? But listen to what the scripture says. The scripture says, for the joy set before him, he endured. Everyone say endure. You see, endurance involves perseverance, pressing through. Because he had a reason and purpose. His purpose was to give his life. His purpose was to become king. His purpose was to establish the kingdom of God. You see, when you find your purpose in God, it will drive you and cause you to endure any pain or fight any feeling. Because feelings is what gets the best of us. Feelings. We talked about it a couple of weeks ago, how feelings, how we're driven by feelings. And we talked about how you can let God change your feelings. And, and this experience that we have was meant for you to feel. How many of you like to feel the presence of God? Raise your hand. How many of you love, how many of you felt him during the worship here 
today, raise your hand if you felt him. How many of you come here because you feel his presence? How many of you, now this is the hard one for me to ask, but I'm going to ask you, how many of you wouldn't come here if you didn't feel God's presence? It's all right, raise your hand. I wouldn't come either. I'm just going to be honest with you. Because the word of God is validated by the presence of God and is validated by being fulfilled. You see, Jesus had to become flesh. The word became flesh. The word was something that was only heard and seen possibly through spiritual eyes, but that it had to become tangible. It had to become real. So what God ultimately wants to do in our life, he wants to bring his word to pass. He wants us to experience him. That's why the scripture says, oh, what? Taste and what? See that the Lord, he is good. In other words, he wants to manifest his presence in your life so it can be felt and be seen and experienced. When you experience God, I've found that the feeling he gives you fights away every negative thought, all negative attitudes, all a different perspective. If you're walking in fear, he caused you to walk in faith. If you're walking in hatred, unforgiveness, and bitterness, he caused you to change it into love. And you don't become bitter, you become better. And you're not just hopeless, you're hopeful. It changes. I'm, I'm, I'm telling you right now, I would be a wreck if I didn't feel his presence every day. I need to feel his presence every day. I need him every single day. Am I the first one to admit I'm weak without him? I'm flawless without him. I'm a fool without him. I am not what I need to be without him. God takes away the self-pity from our life to just try, when we try to devalue ourselves and think we're not important. The scripture that will prove your validation is this. Here's your ticket. Here's your meal ticket. Romans 5, 7 and 8 says, For scarcely for a righteous man will one die, yet perhaps for a good man someone would even dare to die. But God demonstrated his own love towards us and that while we were still sinners, Christ died for who? Us. I like that. Us. You and I. He died for you and I. When you recognize that, it gets every thought that questions your motive. The motive you and I should have for going to God is he paid the price. The cross is your validation. The cross is your proof of receipt that you have been purchased you ever been to, to sam's club you know how they check you before you go out and they check everything on your receipt to make sure it lines up what's on in your basket and if something doesn't line up they cause you to go back isn't that embarrassing has that ever happened to you it's happened to me before someone forgot to scan something it wasn't me they make you go back because it's not on the receipt. That's what the devil hates. 
He hates the fact that every time he tries to accuse you, you've got a receipt of purchase in your life. That's what he hates. And you never have to go back to the old life. You never have to go back to old ways. You have a free pass to move forward into a bright, bright future. You don't have to go back to darkness. You don't have to live in darkness. You can walk out of darkness into his marvelous light because you have the ticket. You have the ticket, folks. You have been purchased and paid for. And number two, when you recognize that, then you begin to pursue him. He begins to reveal his purpose for you. You find your purpose in Jesus. This will get rid of your depression or your feelings of not feeling adequate. Before you talk yourself down, because sometimes if we're not careful, we'll talk, our, we'll talk ourselves out of a blessing. We'll tell ourselves, I'm not worthy to be blessed or have that or do this or do that. That is a false humiliation. And you are depriving yourself of the blessings of God. When God says, you're more than that, you're a child of the king, you are purchased by my blood. I promised promises to Abraham that they would be fulfilled through the seed of Abraham, which was Christ, and Christ is in you. So the promises of Abraham belong to you. So don't tell me that you can't be blessed. You need to start confessing that every single day, according to God's word, that you are blessed. You don't have to live in fear. You're not without. He's always with you. Come on, somebody. He's always with you. He is never going to leave you and never forsake you. Sometimes you can be out of the will of God and not be yoked with him and lose your strength. And lose your strength. I got a confession to make. Are you ready? Confession time. I mentioned this a while back about when I worked in the industrial field. I was an INE technician, and I've, I've mentioned that I worked for a power plant. And I stayed there a little bit longer than I was supposed to because I was fearful. God told me to leave and give my two weeks months in advance, but I was scared. Because I was making good money, had great benefits, and the church was growing, but I wanted to keep on doing both because I was comfortable. It was hard work, but I was scared. You ever been scared to do God's will? Have you ever been scared or intimidated and thought, what if I fail, or what if I don't make it, or what if I fall? Can I give you just a little bit of advice and tell you? You will fail, you will fall, you will make mistakes, get over it. Because when you do make mistakes and you do fall and you do fail, God will pick you back up and he'll wipe you off from the dust that you got from falling and cause you to walk and move forward as if you never failed. So we all have to face it. But I was working a full-time job and pastoring full-time, raising a family, 
trying to do both things, and I was burning the candle at both ends of the stick. And I was trying to be physically fit as well. So I was running about three to five miles a day, working out hard, going to work, coming to church, staying up late, getting three hours sleep, two hours sleep. I would sleep during lunch. I would sleep during my breaks, and I was weary. I didn't sleep well, and I wasn't taking vitamins. I wasn't taking care of my body, but I, I was just working out and trying to do all these things. And finally, I, I said, I can't handle it anymore. I'm going to have to go full-time. And then I walked away from the job. But when I walked into full-time pastoring, the very first Sunday was Easter Sunday. I would be preaching to two services packed house and by the way the church will be packed again in Jesus name but whenever I came and I stood on the platform my body collapsed literally I had to use the pulpit to hold me up and the world was spinning and I thought I was having a heart attack what actually happened to me was I had used up all the serotonin in my body. I had literally exhausted my adrenal glands, and I had what they call chronic fatigue, and I had anxiety attacks. And, and I was bedridden for, for half a year or more, and I couldn't do a thing. And I struggled with depression, and I wasn't able to preach. And every time I would read the Bible or hear a sermon, I get so excited, I get dizzy because my adrenaline was just going fast. Anytime I got excited or did something like stepped out of bed to go to the restroom or try to go to the fridge, I couldn't do it. I couldn't walk because I would have an anxiety attack or I would get dizzy and I would fall. It was scary. But here's the problem. The problem was... I didn't want to tell anyone about it. I was afraid to show my weakness. I didn't tell the church about it. I didn't tell my family, only my wife and the kids. And they just knew I was sick, but they didn't know all that I was going through. And, and, and pride was keeping me. I was, thought, I'm stronger than this. This isn't me. I thought I was going to lose my mind. I had to look in the mirror when I had a chance to look in the mirror and say my name, who I was, because I thought I was losing my mind, and I was just without strength. All I could do was listen to instrumental soft, soft music, nothing that got me excited because I'd get dizzy in bed. It's the craziest thing. I thought I was going to lose it. I felt the spirit of death come to me two times. And a woman prophesied over me and prayed for me and told me she felt the spirit of death wanting to come and take my life. But God said that you shall not die, but you will live and declare the works of the Lord. And I never did. Felt it twice come in my life. God sent me a nurse to kind of give me direction and help me tell me what to do. And I still tried to do it in my own way. I didn't know what to do. I wasn't getting better. Then one night, about 3 o'clock in the morning, God hit me. And I was awake, having an anxiety attack. It never stopped. It was all day. Some were extreme, and some had never left me. 
And my wife would tell you, she's, thank God for a praying, loving wife. Gentlemen, if you have an awesome wife or you have a wife, you need to thank God for the ladies. If you're married, pray for your husband. Love them and be patient with them and, and be there for them. I'm telling you that because of this woman, I, 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 her love sustained me. The only medication I have was what I felt from her at that moment. And she stayed with me the entire time. And I was like this, didn't know what to do. But that night at 3 o'clock, that morning at 3 o'clock in the morning, I had a vision. Never had a vision like this. Bright as can be. I was in a place. I was in a doctor's office. I saw an office. Didn't know it was a doctor's office, but I was in an office. And I saw two paintings on the wall. And I was standing, standing in it. Then God took me out of it. And I felt healed completely. I felt healed so, I, I was so convinced I was healed. I got up from where I was at, started jumping up and down, started shouting, started going. And 30 seconds later, I fell down again and felt it. Then I got a text on my phone from, a, from a, my sister, and she said, I'm praying for you. And God spoke to me and told me, stop being so proud and go to the doctor. I want to tell someone, if you deal with depression, if a pill doesn't fix it, then it's going to be prayer. But if you need to take medicine, and this is practical, and hear me out. I used to think that I was doing wrong and had no faith because the doctor wanted to prescribe me something to help me. But that was no different than blood pressure medicine. Or anything else to help in my body because that's a chemical imbalance too but I had exhausted my resources my body didn't have it so I had to go find help and what I'm trying to tell someone is if you know it's physical in your body it's okay to get help to get you through the season until you can do some things on your own again and get your health back it's okay to get help it's okay to go to the doctor it's all right. That's why God, God uses doctors too. And while you're going to the doctor, stay in prayer. Let God go through this process with you because not everybody's journey is the same. I did pray, Lord, heal me. I went to some powerful ministers I know that prayed for me. God still didn't do it, but the Lord told me, I'm going to allow you to go through this because you're going to grow from it and be stronger, better, and faster. So I went to the doctor and went to the I went to the emergency room again and I had been to the emergency room like 10 times. They thought I was crazy. It was real and I couldn't move. But they couldn't figure out what was wrong. So I went to a doctor and as soon as they told me go to this doctor, I walked in and I saw the painting and I saw the office that God gave me a vision of and God said, "Now I'm going to allow you to start getting better. Humble yourself and go through the process and be obedient. I said, okay. For the first time in my life, I was dependent on somebody helping me. And for me and my personality, it was so humiliating because I was so strong. I never asked for help from anyone. 
but I had to ask for people to preach for me. I had to ask people to take care of the church. That's where I learned how to delegate because I had no choice. That's where I learned how to be humble and meek because when you've been through an experience where your life is almost gone, you learn to appreciate life. You learn to appreciate the sun when it shines, the grass when it grows, the flowers when they bud. You start to look at things and start appreciating every little thing in life. I, I, I'm glad to say and I'm, 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 I'm happy to say that, that God has begun to restore my health from the past few years. And I wasn't able to do things like I'm doing now. I wasn't able to preach. I wasn't able to do anything. I mean, I couldn't even, I couldn't even ride a, a stationary bike. And I'm not trying to honk my horn, but now I ride over 100 miles every week right now. And I begin to work out and do things that I've been wanting to do for years because it took a process of time. But I had to go through something, and I was depressed. And I was filled with anxiety. So I never judge anybody if they go through something like that. I just stay there because I've been through it. I understand it. My point is Jesus has been where you're at. He has been through everything you've gone through, and he wants to help you. He wants to be there. But if it wasn't for prayer, if it wasn't for finding my purpose, I would have never had the, 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 the perseverance to pursue endure and push forward you got to be driven with the purpose do you know that you're not just alive just to sit in church did you know that you're alive and you have breath and you have the spirit of god in your life to do something for the kingdom of god and not just sit there how many of you know that you have a purpose and a calling in your life and the happiest you'll ever be is when you're in the will of God doing what you're supposed to do the most I want you to close your eyes for a moment because I'm I, I just want you just for a moment because I'm gonna say something and I don't want anybody to think I'm talking about you and I don't want you looking around but there are some people because I'm not talking about everyone here but you know sometimes people give it away just by looking around and the most grumpiest Hateful, mean people I've ever met are the people that have not found the will of God. That's it. Christians can be the most happiest, joyful people or the rudest, ugliest people because they have either not been praying and they are either doing what they want to do or they have found their purpose and they have begun to love God and love people and when you find your purpose and when you find the spirit of God and that vein in your life did you know that the anointing flows from heaven through you and that's when all the junk begins to leave your spirit and the junk begins to cleanse, cleanse your mind and you begin to put your hands to the plow and you begin to look forward and you never look backwards like Lot's wife and you begin to become salt for the earth and you're useful and you're not just salt that's hardened and stagnant 
you're now being a preservative for the world to be used by your gifts. You find your gifts and calling when you go into the presence of God and you ask him for help. I ask God, help me. I don't know what to do. I'm at the end of my rope. I tie the knot. I've tied it, and I'm swinging on it, Lord. I've got no other choice. I don't know what to do. I don't know the answers. I don't have the answers to my problems. And God began to direct me. But had I been proud, I wouldn't be here. I wouldn't be here. But I found my purpose. I found my reason for living. And I'm doing it right now. I'm doing it right now. There are other preachers. There are other ministries. There are other people. Uh, thousands. But there's not one like me. There's not one like me. Because I've learned that my identity in Christ is unique, just like yours is. And when you find out that you have a purpose and a calling, and you've been fearfully and wonderfully made, you don't start comparing yourself with other people. You start looking at yourself and God, and you start saying, God, I'm thankful that I am who I am, and you are who you are, and I don't have to worry about whether or not I'm good or, 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 or good enough, that I have my ticket, I have been purchased, I am somebody i find my value i know i'm important if you died for me i must be somebody to you and that's all that matters that will remove the self-pity that keeps you in a depressed state and feelings that you get used to but you know what? Enter into his presence just one time and watch that dark cloud go away. Enter into worship one time and let that dark cloud go away. Enter into prayer and listen to music, just his music one time of worship, anointed music. Get lost in his presence and see what God will do. He yearns for you. He longs for you. He wants you to feel him. He wants you to know him. He wants you to experience him. Am I talking? Talking to a dry church or am I talking to a church that has a fire and desire to worship and magnify his name come on somebody does anybody long to get into his presence does anyone long to get into the anointing in your life and find out why he gave you breath you've got breath that breath can't be wasted it can't be wasted Here's what happens. Sometimes 2 Corinthians 6, I'm coming to a close. 6 and 14 says that don't be unequally yoked together with unbelievers. And I want to go a step further and even say this. During that time period when, when, I, I, have, when I was sick and I couldn't move, before that, I was religious. I didn't even know it. I was religious and I didn't even realize it. But when God breaks you, allows you to be broken, and you know that, that you know what? I thought I was holy. I thought I was good and I earned it uh, on my own efforts. And I thought that I was somebody. And, you know, I 
thought I can do this and thought I can do that. And I recognize that without him, I can do nothing. Don't look at my confession. How many of you have ever been there before? I mean, come on. Some of you are so talented. Some of you have a great mind. So smart. But did you know that God has made you that way and enabled you to think that way and have those abilities? But God transitioned me from religion to a relationship, and I learned how to love him, and I learned how to be patient. I learned how to be a pastor. I learned how to not be afraid to confront the enemy. I've learned how not to be fearful of my life. I've learned that if I hadn't gone through what I went through, I wouldn't be filled with faith in this moment. I'd be walking around with terror and frustration and being angry and upset and saying, why does this have to happen to us? What is going on right now? You know what? I may not know all that stuff. I may not ever know, but one thing I do know, that Jesus Christ is alive and he cares about me and he's going to get me through this and he's going to get you through this and we're going to come together again together. I'm telling you, we are going to be better than we were before because we have a God who cares, but I am not going to make the mistake of yoking up with somebody who doesn't have the same values because sometimes you can get together with someone who doesn't have your same values just because you have the same sense of humor doesn't mean it's God just because you have the same likes and the same appetites doesn't mean they're from God some people you can get together with that will slow you down that's why we get yoked up with Jesus because you see, Jesus presents himself in this passage of scripture as an ox and as a farm ox, one working and laboring. So he has a purpose. He has, he's driven. And our God never sleeps, never slumbers. He's never weak. But our God has purpose. And when I yoke up with him and I'm going with him, that I stay, I have to go with him because he's stronger than me. So he leads me and guides me. And as long as I'm in the will of God, I'm never going to get tired. I'm never going to get weak. I am never going to fall and stay there. I am never going to be left behind. Ever. Ever. So it's very evident that Jesus wants to partner with us. Because when you walk with him, you'll find your gifts, you'll find your passion, and you'll find your purpose. Some of you may be feeling this way because maybe you've lost your, your passion. Maybe you've, you've let your gifts become dull. Maybe they're rusted. Maybe they're not honed in like they used to be. Maybe, maybe you've not really fulfilled your purpose and you stopped doing what God called you to do. Let me encourage you, make your way back to that. Make your way back into that place. Connect with God, and he'll connect you to the right people. Open your heart, and he'll begin to open the right doors. Let him lead you, and he'll lead you down paths of righteousness for his name's sake. And you'll see the depression leave, the anxiety. No matter what it looks like, no matter what it feels like, as long as you're, as long as you're in God's will, everything's going to be all right everything's going to be okay. The last thing he said was this, come to me and I'm going to teach you. 
prayer is the university of learning. You're going to learn how things work in this school of prayer. Prayer is so important. It's your lifeline. It's your line of communication. It's where your spirit gets fed. It's where it gives you insight and revelation to the Word of God, and God begins to pick and choose the Scriptures and put them together for you and unfold them, and He teaches you, and He shows you, and then He begins to direct you, and then He begins to show you your purpose. You find your purpose by beginning to serve, and you keep serving till you find that anointing flow through you and where it prospers and where it grows. God has a purpose for everyone. But you find it on your knees. Can you stand to your feet here this Sunday morning? Can you lift up your hands this morning? And can you just begin to allow him to move into your life and tell him, Lord, you know, some people may be dealing with depression. I don't think everyone is. And you might not even know it. Everyone shows it differently. But I know this. Regardless of where you're at, the happiest you'll ever be is in the will of God. So make this your prayer. Father, let me walk in your will. Let me be led by your spirit. Let me become one with you today. Let me, dear God, follow you. God, I give you my heart right now. If you've not made Jesus the Lord of your life, make him the Lord of your life right now. Come to him and just say this, Father, forgive me for my sins. Forgive me for what I've done wrong. Forgive me, dear Lord, for making my mistakes and doing it my way. But God, give me wisdom, understanding, and God, give me insight. I want you to be the Lord of my life. I want you to be my Savior. I want you to be my Redeemer. Forgive me of all of my sins, Lord. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Now somebody lift your hands and tell them you love them right now. Thank you for listening to today's message. If you liked what you heard, be sure to subscribe and share it with a friend. For more information about who we are, visit RiversideChurchTX.com.